Welcome to this episode of Consider It Blacklit. I am Kim Singleton, your host. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, Consider It Blacklit highlights films, television programs, and stage plays featuring African-Americans up front and behind the scenes. We also discuss social issues as it relates to some of these programs and how they may or may not impact our communities. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you continue to tune in each week. Today, we will highlight a newly released movie called Twisted Marriage Therapist. A couple seeks counseling to save their marriage with a caring therapist, but the husband soon realized that she is obsessed with his wife and will do anything to get her. Today, it is my pleasure to have the writer and director of Twisted Marriage Therapist, Booker T. Madison. Welcome, Booker, or welcome back, Booker. <laughs> Thank you for for having me back. The the fact that I'm back means that uh, that I didn't mess up the first time. <laughs> it means that you do amazing work. That's what it means. So Thank I can't you. wait to unpack this movie. But for my audience members who may not have seen you when you were on my show before, give them a little bit uh, about your background and how you got into filmmaking. Sure. Well, my name is Booker T. Madison, as you mentioned. I'm a screenwriter a director and a professor at the University of Georgia, where I teach directing and screenwriting. The way that I got into filmmaking, I was a mass communications major at Norfolk State University in Virginia, and I was planning on being a re reporter and then, you know, I guess move up and uh, eventually become an anchor. And in my junior year, I got a Virginia Association of Broadcasters internship at the ABC affiliate in North, Norfolk, Virginia, Channel 13. So I was able to perform in different tasks and those things made it to air because it was a prestigious internship. But what I discovered or rather learned about myself and my interests was that instead of covering other people's stories, I wanted to tell my own. And it was at that point that uh, film school became something for me to one, be aware of and, and to consider. So I, uh, Researched film schools, and at that time, I was uh, pursuing a career as a, a rapper and a producer, and also did the human beatbox, and I was nice. <laughs> and uh, this is the '90s, the mid '90s, and the the two top film schools were NYU and USC. I didn't apply to USC because I didn't want people to. I, I fully expected to get a record deal when I went to film school, and I didn't want people to think I was a West Coast rapper. So I applied to NYU <laughs> and got in. And um, that's how I uh, started making films. And it, th that also spelled the death of my uh, music aspirations because the grad film program at NYU was so demanding that I couldn't reasonably pursue a music career and a career in film. So I chose. And the rest is history. So let's talk about now when you were on here before, uh, we talked about your movie, uh, The Sound of Christmas, which was amazing that starred Neo. So how did you go from doing a holiday, family, fun, friendly film to this psychological thriller? You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a writer, director for hire. So in the case of The Sound of Christmas, Tiffany Warren, uh, who wrote the novel The Replacement Wife that the uh, movie was adapted from was a dear friend and you know we have known each other for over a decade because I'm also a published novelist so we met on the book tour circuit she pitched me to uh, BET to adapt her novel into a film so I you know wrote the screenplay and directed the movie 
So it was an opportunity that was presented to me that I took advantage of. And by God's grace, it turned out well. I mean, it was the number one movie on BET Plus last Christmas and was submitted for Emmy consideration this past June. We didn't ultimately get a nomination, but to be in the conversation was great. So that was an opportunity that came my way. And in the case of Twisted Marriage Therapist, one of my uh, friends who was a professor with me at UGA, who uh, went to NYU also, he introduced me to the development exec at uh, Mar Vista Entertainment, which is the production company uh, for the movie. And I pitched her several ideas, all of which, you know, Mar Vista passed on. But the script that I sent that I adapted from my second novel, Snitch, she liked it, sent it up the chain. And then I was offered this opportunity to do a Twisted Marriage Therapist to both write and direct it. So yet again, it was an opportunity that was presented to me that I uh, took advantage of. So, you know, as a, as a hired gun, uh, which is what I am, if the story is, well, I, I guess my job is to make it good, <laughs> right, as, as the writer. So I, I can tell any story, you know, I don't have a particular genre that I'm interested in, but admittedly, the Sound of Christmas, a family film, a faith-based, family-friendly Christmas film, is far different than Twisted Marriage Therapist. And you, you gave the tame log line. Let me let me give the juicy log line. It, yes, it's, give it's us the, the juicy of, stuff. <laughs> it, it's, the, it's the story of a celebrity marriage counselor who gets the husband of a couple she's counseling committed, so she can steal his wife. You know, I consider myself to be a student of the human condition. I'm well acquainted with human nature. And I have a vivid imagination. So yes, it's dark. Yes, it's twisted. Yes, it's messy. Yes, it's sexy. Yes, it's fun. Uh, you know, Everything but, we like. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and there should be, an, as a writer, there should be a part of you and every character that you create. And if that's not the case, then you're not honest with yourself. And you're also not honest with the characters on the page. True, true. So um, tell the audience, what were some of the specific challenges you had in either writing it or directing uh, Twisted Marriage Therapist? Getting the 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 story right. So the the way that the process worked, uh, I had to write several drafts of the outline. You know, I didn't immediately go to drafting the script. Again, you have a production company and you have a network involved. So, and you're getting notes from both. So you start with the execs at uh, Mar Vista, and then once they get it to a place and they send it to the execs at, at Tubi. So we went through five drafts of the outline before the network, before Tubi cleared me to go to draft. And at one point, I think it was after draft three of the outline, Tubi paused the project. I thought the project was done they were concerned about how mental illness was being treated in the uh, the story. And, you know, it's what the network says. You know, it doesn't matter that I felt that I was being, you know, respectful because, you know, I, I, I certainly respect counseling. I have family members who, you know, have uh, have gone to counseling and who are presently in counseling. Um, but the story wasn't where they wanted it to be. That's just the long and short of it. So it was, believe it or not, it was after the trailer for The Sound of Christmas came out, which was just before Thanksgiving of last year, that the that the process was, was kickstarted all over again. So then we went through two more uh, drafts. And that, la that fifth draft, before I turned it in, that was essentially the last opportunity I had to get the story right or, right? 
So talk about pressure because, you know, you have to deliver, but that's your job as a writer for hire. It's not like you're, you know, off in a villa, you know, writing things for yourself. You know, you're writing for, you know, the network that's going to air this and it has to be according to what they uh, like and according to what they think will serve their audience. So fortunately, I got it right. <laughs> and I I do believe that it's it's my uh, my best creative output to date. Uh uh, I would say because of the complexity of the narrative, uh, the craft that's demonstrated uh, in the film, and uh, the, the the characters. So um, based on what I've seen so far, the actors are very convincing. Tell us how you found them and tell us a little bit about them. Sure. The, the, the process uh, of casting, one of the first people uh, that are hired is a casting director, uh, so uh, Ricky uh, Maslar is the uh, cast is a very experienced casting director. And she sent, you know, so what happens is you, you know, you you send out the the character breakdown, which describes each character to the casting director. And then, you know, she has this vast network of of actors and they send in, you know, I'm sure you've heard the term and you're, I'm sure you're familiar with the term, not heard of it, self-tapes, which, you know, most auditions nowadays are self-tapes, you know, in person is, is that's unusual now. So I received all of these self tapes for all of the characters and I had to go through and, and watch them and uh, send my top three to Tubi. And then, you know, Tubi ultimately decides uh, from among the top three. So that's how we came up uh, with our very, very talented uh, and stellar cast. Uh, Maya Abney, who uh, was one of the Dora Milaje in uh, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther and a couple of the Avengers movies. She plays Dr. Yo, the uh, the counselor, the celebrity marriage counselor. She's Perez good. Laugh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, this, <laughs> this, I've told her this role, it was perfect for her. And I hadn't worked with any, uh, I hadn't worked with um, Maya or Ferez last, who plays the husband. Uh, he's uh, from uh, Mayor of Kingstown. You may know him from that uh, with Jeremy Renner. And uh, Jennifer Sears, who plays the wife, she actually played... Alexis in The Sound of Christmas, the 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 cancer patient who was Neo's uh, best friend. Oh, wow. The the cast was beautiful. So Maia is beautiful. Ferez is, is I mean, he looks like a a, 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 a god. Uh, Je Jennifer's beautiful. And um, Brie Weber, who plays the uh, producer of uh, a Dr. Yo's show, just gorgeous to look at all of them remarkably talented and yes, convincing to the nth degree and working with them was also a joy. So th there's a thing called shooting ratio and that's how many takes you shoot uh, per uh, per shot. So our, our shooting ratio was like two to one, meaning we would do two takes on most of the um, the shots that we had to get. And that was a function of one, the uh, extraordinarily talented crew that we had uh, but also the extraordinarily talented cast. And often, you know, the the actors would nail it on the first take. And then, you know, we'd do a second take, a safety take, as they call it. And I would be like, hey, do whatever you want. You gave me what I wanted. Now let's try it a different way. Wow. That's amazing to hear that. Because usually it usually takes multiple, multiple takes to get Oh, my goodness. Let's do it again. So I know um, in the sound of Christmas, um, you had mentioned producers and things that helped pull the project together. And in this movie, you mentioned the actors and also the casting director. Are there any key members who were really instrumental in helping this film get done? Sure. Uh, 
first and foremost, uh, Brittany Clemens. She's the executive at Mar Vista, who was the, uh, the she was the executive, the main executive um, in charge of this production, along with Lauren uh, Pfeiffer. So the two of them, we were in the trenches from the beginning. Uh, Marianne Munch um, also at uh, Mar Vista, and the producers were uh, Nigel Thomas and uh, Rick Benatar. They did a great job. We shot in Little Rock, Arkansas, even though the story is set in Atlanta. And uh, they, the, the crew they had worked with on, you know, several movies there in, in uh, Arkansas. So it was an Arkansas-based crew, and they were great. Uh, Dave Calhoun was the uh, cinematographer. Sarah Nichols was the costume uh, designer. Laura Hickey Krauss was the production designer. Just a really, really talented uh, crew, and it looks great. It's uh, the the performances are great. I mean, it's the music is awesome. Uh, which is cool. Teddy Alexander Bishop did the original score. He also scored The Sound of Christmas. So it's great working with him. And then my editor, Bridget Smith, who I hadn't worked with before. Um, none of the crew I'd worked with before. Bridget, the editor was, I mean, just great. There's an adage that uh, goes that you direct a movie twice, once on set and a second time in the editing room. So having Bridget as the editor, she made me look like a genius. Yeah. They did a great job. They did a great job. So um, this movie had a lot of fight scenes, very convincing looking. Um, tell us how it was to direct fight scenes and what were the challenges in doing that? Yeah, the when when you have um, fight scenes like that, you know, the, the director will often, uh, people who are on the outside, that is, you know, they will think that the director is uh, responsible for that. But we had a, uh, a stunt coordinator and you know the stunt coordinator, their job is to to choreograph the the you know the, the stunts. So Frank Blake was the stunt coordinator, which I have to give him a shout out when you're talking about key personnel. So what happens is Frank will you know read the script, and then he will come up with um, just like a dance uh, almost, for for lack of a a, a better comparison. And then I, you know I'll come in, I'll take a look at what he has prepared. And then I'll make adjustments according to how, you know, we want it to, we want to shoot it. And, you know, so Dave is there, the cinematographer, I'm there. So I'll make adjustments and uh, then we'll shoot it because it's, it's not only uh, staging the action so that it looks real as far as where you position the actors and where you uh, position the camera, but there's also a safety component, you know, with the stunt doubles as well, because, you know, these are uh, actors are in the Screen Actors Guild. So there's protections that are in place for talent, uh, for safety. Um so it's it, but that that all of that takes time. That does add time to your schedule. And at the same time, if you don't have that ex, that level of expertise with the stunt doubles, with the stunt coordinator, it doesn't look real. And you know, you've seen probably these independent films where it's like you didn't even hit the. It doesn't even look like you hit the guy. <laughs> right, they're just like punching into space. It's just right, like, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. So so the the stunt coordinator and the stunt doubles they did a great job. So as the director of this film, and I know I asked you this question when we did the Sound of Christmas, what was your favorite scene of the movie? I don't know that I have a favorite scene, but I'll share this, uh, which is instructive because it'll lead me to another point. So there's a couple of uh, scenes where uh, Ferez, who plays the husband, he is, um, she, so Dr. Yo prescribes medication and he's, you know, he's in his head. And when he's in his head, we use like a 14 millimeter lens, which is a really wide lens. So, you, you know, when you do uh, close-ups with a wide lens like that, it makes characters look really bizarre. So it was fun to, 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 to shoot those moments where we're inside of his head. 
But then that also inspired uh, what became the opening sequence of the movie, which is, um, it was shot by Well Carvalho, who is a, a, a cinematographer and drone operator here in, in Atlanta. And interestingly, way back in January on my Instagram, I saw one of his photographs. It was this extreme wide shot of the um, the Peachtree uh, Tower, which is a Bank of America building, I'm sorry, which is the tallest building in Atlanta. And I forgot way back in January, I'm like, oh, this, this, this is a visual reference because it was a, it was cool that I that I pulled because I wanted to save it, you know, to give to the cinematographer to reference. But whenever we shot those scenes of uh, Jennifer and Maya with that 14 millimeter lens with the lights and stuff, and you'll see it. Well, actually, it's in the trailer, actually, you see that. Um, it's the second shot of the trailer when you see Maya in that black and the camera's close to her and same thing with Jennifer when she's laughing. So I went home and I see Wells, you know, Wells uh, shots again come up across my Instagram. Uh, and I didn't realize it was the same same person who had done that shot back then. So doing those shots with the 14 millimeter lens inspired me to, again, I looked at Wells footage again. And then now the opening title sequence, which he shot and which he licensed to us to use, that's how those things came together. So it's funny how creativity works. You know, you're, you're kind of inspired by something that you may not even really re remember that you're inspired by it until you do it and you connect that to something and you're like, hey, wow, now we have this this hole that uh, I think is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. I think it's amazing too. <laughs> so you mentioned you are a professor. So tell us, how do you juggle your responsibilities between a, between being a professor and a filmmaker slash writer, director for hire? It's actually not a, uh, it's not a juggle. It's an expectation. Um, you know, the University of Georgia is a, is a research one university and at research one universities, they hire professors who are experts in their field and they're doing what they actually teach. So, you know, my workload, I teach two classes, two days a week. And, uh, you know, those on the outside are like, oh, so what do you just kick back, you know, relaxing, chilling <laughs> for the rest of your time? No, I teach two classes, two days a week so that I can actually make movies and write scripts because that's what I teach. So it's it, they're they're actually complimentary. Uh, and, you know, say if, you know, if I'm a, you know, one of my uh, good friends is a he's a, a world renowned client sci uh, scientist and he has a lab at school. You know, so that's his research, but I'm a creative professor, so I don't have a lab at school, but I make movies. So it, they're, they're, they're complimentary. It, it is busy, uh, most certainly, because uh, directing a, writing and directing a feature length film and being a professor, it's tough to balance that just because of the length of time. Now, whenever I was doing short films, that wasn't so difficult um, to do, but with the feature, you know, you can't direct a feature and, you know, leave set and go teach. So Fortunately, you know, I have a lot of support in my department and uh, with the sound of Christmas, we actually shot during the spring semester. So I had to get substitutes uh, for the, the the three weeks that we were uh, actually two of the three weeks is the first week we were on spring break, thankfully. So I had to get substitutes to cover the classes uh, that I missed when I, whenever I was shooting. But thankfully, you know, they allowed me to do that. Uh, in the case of Twisted Marriage Therapist, we shot in the summer. So I had my last class and then I went to Arkansas. <laughs> So, so the semester ended with Arkansas and we shot and then, you know, we're doing post-production the entire um, summer. And with the next one that I just started, the expectation is we're going to shoot in spring. That's assuming that the strike ends. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Um, so it'll be like a situation with The Sound of Christmas where I will have to get substitutes, you know, because so, my classes are very regimented. And at the end of my screenwriting class, the, the students have produced something that they've 
written. Same thing with my directing class. They actually direct a short film. So those times that I'm there, there are specific competencies that they need in order to either write, you know, or direct that they can't miss. So I have to bring in someone who's not just a filmmaker, but who also is a teacher like myself, because, you know, you can make a film and not know how to teach or you can teach and not know how to make a film. Uh, but I have, you know, several people who I can um, approach to do that. So thankfully, I have the support at the uh, university uh, to do that. But again, you know, it's it's a it's a win-win situation. You have a working writer-director who teaches students how to write and direct. So it's great for the school. And of course, it's great for me uh, to be able to not only mold young minds, uh, but also be active in the field at the same time. Right. They must be excited to actually uh, have a professor that they can like turn on the TV and actually see his work. What kind of feedback do you get from them? You know, it, it is uh, great. And uh, so just uh, Thursday, so my class is this semester on Tuesday and Thursday. So on Thursday, you know, driving in um, and I came up with a log line for the new movie that I'm just starting to write. And their first assignment is 13 log lines. So, you know, we've been going over how to write log lines, how to analyze log lines, how to improve log lines. So I came in, I wrote my log line on the board. We went through and analyzed it in the same way that I analyzed, you know, their work and that we analyzed the work of other films. So the the beauty is that I don't just critique their work, which I do. That's a part of the process. But they also critique my work. And I'm working on the same thing that they're working on because I teach them the same process that I go about whenever I'm writing or directing. So it's, it's fun for them. It's fun for me. We're literally doing the same thing at the same time. And more than anything, it makes them realize that I can actually do this too, because it is a remarkably competitive industry. So to have a professor who is actually doing it, not only trains them with the latest uh, best practices that are happening in the industry, but also boosts their confidence at the same time. Thank you for teaching our young children. Definitely, definitely. You, know, you, you got to teach the, the young generation. people. Yeah, That's yep, right. I know, I know. Um, so tell us, how has the strike affected your new project? And is there anything you can tell us about the project? I know it may be early, but you had mentioned Twisted Marriage Therapist in the last time you, um, the last episode you were in. So yes. what can you share with us and how has the strike affected it? It's, the, it's a, it's a drama and, uh, I'm sorry, it's a thriller. And, um, the, the log line is, uh, a strong-willed, it's the story of a strong-willed defense attorney who is trying to get uh, a client wrongfully, who is wrongfully convicted, exonerated. But she discovers that he uh, may be guilty of more sinister crimes, one that even threatens her own life. So it's very, very early in the process, but that's the uh, the log line. Uh, I'll withhold the title for now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just about to start the writing process. Uh, however, you know, we won't be able to shoot until the uh, the strike is resolved because, you know, SAG actors aren't working unless it's, a, you know, so until the strike is over, you know, we won't be able to shoot. I, I hope that a fair agreement uh, that that uh, they can arrive at a fair agreement for both the uh, the writers and the uh, the actors, because it is, it is challenging, uh, specific to Twisted Marriage Therapist, because we saw uh, how things were going with the, the SAG uh, actors. We did ADR, which is uh, automatic dialogue replacement. It's when, you know, say you can't hear a line or, you know, or you want to redo a line and the actor will go into a recording studio while they're watching the scene and they will, you know, replace that line. So we did ADR early for Twisted Marriage Therapists, you know, in case the actors went on strike and lo and behold, they did. So, you know, productions where they didn't do that, those productions are now on hold, even though you've they've shot the movie and they're in post 
But if you need to do ADR work, you, of course, you can't do ADR work now because the actors are on strike. So, and it's not just the the creators; they're also you know ancillary businesses that are impacted. You know, restaurants, people that provide you know plants, flowers. I mean, you know, here in in Georgia, as it is in New York, where you are in Los Angeles, you know, there are people who they they aren't filmmakers per se, but their business supports film and television production. So it's 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 a challenging time for a whole lot of people. Uh, so I really do hope that we can uh, get everyone back to work soon. Yeah, me too. Well, we are um, running out of time, but I want you to tell our audience how to follow you on social media. Sure, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm I'm at Booker T Mattison M A T T I S O N. I'm also on LinkedIn uh, less frequently. But yeah, check me out on uh, Facebook and Instagram. My website, which, you know, it's not, I guess now it's kind of like a website doesn't have the power it used to because everyone's on Instagram and it's immediate. So yeah, the best way to get me is uh, Instagram and or Facebook. Well, thank you. Well, Booker, thank you for joining us again today. And I can't wait for your next project because you will be back on to talk about that. (laughs) And I appreciate you having me on. Yes, yes. It's always a pleasure. And audience, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, consider yourself Blacklit.